Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mr. Speaker Speaks. And today it's a special edition. It's called Mr. Speaker Speaking with the Experts. That's right. And my expert in the studio today is Travis of T Spark Enterprises. And he's going to talk to us about what we need to do after the hurricane. How you doing today, Travis? I'm great, Vincent. How are you, sir? I'm doing just wonderful, man. It's so good to see you and have you back in the studio again today. Um, it's been raining here in Tallahassee, so hopefully you've been doing some roof repairs of people's roofs leaking. <laughs> the phones have been busy. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Ringing. Ringing. That's a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Today, we're going to really talk about um, what to do after the storm. We're, we live here in Tallahassee. Um, basically in Florida and you know this time of the year between June and November hurricanes uh, come up they happen and when they hit I mean sometimes they're devastating uh, sometimes you know your roof comes off and I've seen a lot of people with the blue tarps but today I want you to give us some insight of what we need to do after the storm one of the things we all should have as homeowners is homeowners insurance um, what should you know um, about your homeowner's insurance when it comes to, hey, I've really got to uh, file a claim right now because of a storm? Well, the one thing I've always found, Vincent, is that, that people don't know what to do in, in the event of a catastrophe. And uh, we kind of learned this a little bit more in 2018 when Michael came through here. And, you know, we dodged a bullet a little bit here recently with the Elsa uh, coming up this way. But, you know, insurance is your best friend. You know, when it comes to a claim on your home and you got to know how to navigate that system, um, you know, it's important to know who your agent is. Obviously, that's who you bought your policy from. But it's also your agents usually can sell insurance through different companies. So, you know, your state farms and your all states, well, they're, you know, they're usually selling state farm and all state. But a lot of your other agents are private agents and they sell multiple different lines and multiple different companies. And you want to know who, who do I call in the event that I have a, a problem at my house? Um, and you know, if it's, you have to think about the fact that if a storm comes through here and it takes the power out and the internet out, you're probably not going to be able to get a hold of your agent. His phone probably isn't going to be working. Um, so you need to know what that 1-800 claim line is for whatever company is. So, I always encourage everybody to, you know, program that in your cell phone, insurance, your homeowner's insurance claim line, your auto insurance claim line, um, so you know directly who you, you don't have to go look for you. You got it right there in your smartphone. Um, you know, once you do that, you know, it's always important to know what you've paid for for your insurance. You know, know your deductibles. Because that's the part, the deductible is the part you got to pay out of your pocket. You know, no matter what the what the damage is at your house, you ha you have a little skin in the game when it comes to fixing your house, fixing your car. Um, so you want to know how much of this is coming out of my pocket to fix it. Because if you have a small repair and you've got, you know, a $5,000 deductible, well, it might not be worth filing that insurance claim. It might be worth just saying, hey, Mr. Roof or Mr. Builder, I, I got a hole in my roof. Can you fix that? And, uh, you know, it's I know it's going to be less than the $5,000, and I'd rather just pay you. Now, you want to keep your receipts because in the event that there's another storm and you have more damage down the road, that counts towards how much you've spent towards deductibles. Oh, it does? On your house. I didn't know that. So if I paid something out of pocket to have it fixed and then something else major comes along, that counts against my deductible? 
deductible. Yeah, most insurance companies allow you to, to uh, accumulate your deductibles. So if you you pay for a couple repairs throughout the year, now it resets every year, but if you've paid for a couple of repairs as a result of a storm, then that, that counts you know, towards your deductible. So if you do have a $5,000 deductible and the first storm does minor damage and you say, okay, I paid $2,500 towards that to get it fixed. And then you have another storm come through and it drops another tree limb on your house or whatever and does more significant damage. You you can file that claim and say, hey, back in, you know, Hurricane ABC, I had to pay $2,500. Here's the proof of it. And uh, that goes towards that $5,000 deductible. Based on Um, your experience, with repairing roofs, if it comes down to the deductible, do I have to pay it before you begin or how is that taken care of? We have to, as the contractor, if we're going to do an insurance claim, we have to show that insurance company that you have paid your deductible, okay? Because they will not pay anything further until they see you've paid your portion. So if I go to them and I say, well, okay, well, you estimated Vincent's damages at $10,000. He's got a $5,000 deductible. Um but the damages are really going to be more like $15,000. Okay. Before that insurance company is going to pay that extra five, they're going to be like, has Vincent paid his 5,000? I'm not cutting him any more money because we've already gave him 10 grand, you know, towards this damages. We need to know he's paid his five. Um, it's actually illegal for a contractor to waive a customer's deductible. It's a felony. And uh, the contractor can actually go to jail or prison uh, for waiving deductibles and not charging the customer for that. So, and there's a, some of them that'll go out there and they'll promise you that they can do it without you paying your deductible they're technically they're just manipulating their invoices is what they're doing in a way that's essentially breaking the law breaking the law cooking the books a little bit trying to get the business Uh, so you know storms cause a lot of damage and water especially when it comes to hurricanes the ground gets really moist and trees slip and trees fall and, and go over because of the wind if my neighbor's tree falls on my fence and on my house during a hurricane do i have to go through his insurance and he has to pay for that how does that work that's an excellent question um the the way i always try to tell people is that the part of the tree that crosses your property line is your tree so if it's a limb that sticks over your fence that's your limb you know so if you want to maintain it you can cut that limb off right up your property line but if it falls on your house it becomes your insurance that has to pay for it because it's your tree that technically fell on it. Um, as soon as it, we have a lot of that in Tallahassee where the trees topple, you know, they the ground gets so soft and their whole root system just turns over. As soon as that whole tree crosses your property line, that just became your tree, even though it was growing on your neighbor's yard. Um, so the, the way around that is that you, if you see a dangerous tree, is to have an arborist come out, document it, and you send that letter via certified mail to your neighbor in a nice way and say, hey, I had an arborist out looking at some stuff at my house. They noticed your tree. They made note that it's dangerous. It's got some disease. It's got the potential of causing problems for both our properties. Um, I'm putting you on notice that you know, I've made note of it. And if it does cause problems, it will be your insurance that has to pay for it. At that point, your insurance, you provide that if something happens, you provide that to your insurance because you still want to get your stuff fixed. You don't want to be haggling with somebody else's insurance, but you provide all that information to your insurance and they will go after the other people's insurance to get reimbursed. So while your insurance may pay for it, it will not count as a claim against you because they're going to get that money reimbursed from the 
previous from the neighbor or the person that you've notified about the tree. Wow. That was interesting. So if it's my tree, unless I go, unless I'm proactive, that's messed up. Why is it? (laughs) I mean, I know you're not an insurance person, but that's kind of messed up. You know, it's, it's in their yard and it falls on my side. I've got to pay for it. It becomes your tree. It becomes your property. As soon as it crosses the property line. Yeah. Okay, so may have a lot of people out there writing some letters and sending some certified letters <laughs> these days. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be, I always recommend that. If you feel like one's a little bit dangerous or you, the tree limb looks a little bit kinky, cut it. Pay to have it cut and keep it off your property. Put the weight back on their their side so that it, when it does fall, it's, the weight's going gonna, gonna to fall with the weight. So if it's going to fall, if, it's, if you've shaved up the tree all up one side, it's going to fall back on your neighbor's property versus your property. All right. I remember that. But I, I had a lot of trees taken out of my out of my yard. I mean, I tried to clear it off and then I took another uh, six out of the front. So now that nice new roof that you put on, you know, it looks yeah, nice. You did have some pine trees. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I took those six out of the front yard. And so now my gutters stay pretty, pretty clear. And so and I'm enjoying it. A lot of sunlight. The grass is really, really green. When it comes to filing a claim, you file a claim, you call them. Then they send this person out, the adjuster. And you mm-hmm. think you ought to get X amount. And they only say you're going to get this amount. I mean, should you be out there watching them while they're doing their stuff, taking pictures? Or should you have pictures and stuff to share with them? How do, should that work? When it comes to the claim adjuster, uh, I would say that most of your claims adjusters are not bad guys or girls. Um, they're there to help you, and they and you have to realize that they're not making the final decision. Their job is to take pictures. Their job is to document measurements um, and get them back to the insurance company. Usually, with most insurance companies, you have an, a what they call a field adjuster, and then they also have either a desk adjuster or claims examiner. So he basically puts his report, his or her report together, sends it back to the desk adjuster or the claims examiner, and they make the decision. They compare it to your policy, and they say, okay, he's got co- this person's got coverage for this, so we'll cover this. Usually, your adjuster doesn't know what your policy covers, what it doesn't cover. He's just making notes for the insurance company and documenting the damages. I always tell everybody, keep, you know, I mentioned it earlier, keep, keep receipts. If you spend money, if you call a tree company to get a tree off your house, keep your receipt because you're going to need to provide that to them and say, hey, I had to pay the tree guy X number of dollars to get the tree off my house so that we could tarp it. And if you had to tarp it, there's a cost for that. Um, you know, if you did it yourself, keep track of your own personal time. Uh, if you went to Home Depot or Lowe's and got a tarp, you know, keep that receipt because all that stuff, when I talked about your deductible, all that stuff goes towards that deductible cost, anything out of pocket. So you, we can show you've paid your portion. You might have just done it in tree service and emergency tarping and so on and so forth. And then the insurance company, once you once you met your deductible, it's all on the insurance at that point, as long as you have the proper coverage. Oh, all right. You're listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks. And today's a segment called Speaking with the Experts. And my expert today is Travis of T-Spark Enterprises. We'll be right back after this quick break. T-Spark Enterprises, roofing construction services t-spark t-spark we fix those darn leaks t-spark enterprises roofing and construction services t-spark t-spark 
All right. Travis, so if, you know, I get a hole in my roof or whatever from a hurricane, I need to call the the insurance company first before I call you because I've got water coming in my house. What do I do? I would say one right after the other. Um, you know, it's important that you get the claim started. Um, you, you are required to minimize your damages. That's part of your, you, when you sign your insurance policy, you, you take on the, the responsibility of minimizing your risk or minimizing your damages. So those things like we've talked about where if you see a dangerous tree, minimizing that, you're responsible to, you know, it's your responsibility to do that. If you have water coming in the house, it's your responsibility to get somebody, if you can't do it, to get a tarp on it or um, get some temporary patch done to keep water from continuing to damage the house because they're not going to pay um if they if you said well i filed the claim and you guys didn't come out here for seven days to to do the claim adjustment and I, it's rained every day so now my ceilings fell out they're going to look at you and go well at what point were you going to put something up there to stop the water and why are we responsible for paying for that you know so you have a certain duty as the homeowner to to minimize minimize your loss so to speak and uh, so, yeah, that's a one in one. You can't call both at the same time, but it's it's one phone call right after the other, whichever way direction you want to do it. Okay. And so, and if I've if I've called and I've uh, filed filed the claim, and I call you or any contractor, um, as soon as you get out, that's when I need to pay the deductible before you start doing any work. Or how does that work? No, typically, um, your adjuster is going to provide that report, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, it'll it'll actually have a line item breakdown. Now, you'll have some, I hear it all the time, oh, you're supposed to get three estimates, and the three estimates will basically, will pay whichever one comes in the cheap. So the one that, the biggest myth is you have to use who the insurance recommends. That's not true. You're the homeowner. It's your house. You get to choose your contractor. Um, the other big myth is that you have to get three estimates uh, or five estimates or however many, you know, that is the rule of thumb because with insurance, the insurance company sets the price. So we don't get to, I mean, us bidding an insurance project is kind of a waste of time. Really? We already know that they're going to, they're going to set them, set the mark of how much this is going to cost. The only way we can convince them to pay anymore is to be able to take that report they've done and go back to them and say, Hey, you've got 40 square feet of plywood on this. And it's really 64 square feet of plywood and show them a picture of how much is actually damaged. Um, and then they'll pay the difference. Um, we can't get them. To, we can't, I mean, if contractors could go to an insurance company and say, you're going to pay to my estimate, well, then every insurance claims a million dollars and, <laughs> you know, we'd all be rich in the first storm and, and be done with, we'd all be retired. At. So it don't really work like that people think that the contractors get rich during storms because we really work for lower margins uh, during storms because of the fact we're that those pricing is set by the insurance company and we can't change it. It's like the volume of work truly goes up during that period of time. The volume goes up, The uh, and I hate to say it, but the quality goes down because you have people that come in from all over when there's a storm area and they, and people, because they're panicking and they want their stuff fixed, they hire anybody, everybody, anybody that knocks on their door and says, I can fix it. Um, the fraud cases go up. Um, it's, it's, I hear it all the time. People probably, that people say that contractors pray for storms, <laughs> but in reality, <laughs> we don't because it brings a lot of riffraff to the area and it brings a lot of stuff that we, the ones that still have to live in that same area have to go, come back and 
can fix because those people are long gone. And then what's left is the homeowner with the bad job that, and then they don't have any money to pay for it because they gave all their insurance money to the, to the fly by night guy. Wow. Which brings me to my next point here is how do you go about choosing the right contractor for your job? The best advice I can give a person is it's like a job interview. When I go to a house with a homeowner, I feel like I'm on a job interview. That's the way I, I let I answer questions. I ask them questions. Um, I ask them about their house. They ask me stuff about what we're going to do. The what I always tell a homeowner, trust your gut. Your gut is never going to lie to you. But don't buy on price because in the end, construction is the last thing you want to buy on price. Um, we all pay the same amount for material. We all pay. We all should be paying the same amount for labor. Um, when you figure in workers' comp and liability insurance and stuff like that. And uh, in the end, we know what the profit margin you're able to make on a job is. And it's, we all have to stay around the same spot to be competitive. Um, if you got somebody that comes in your door and says, well, I can do all the things, same thing he can do, but I'm going to do it for $5,000 less run. That's the, they're, they are cutting somewhere. I promise you they are not doing it out of goodness of their heart for $5,000 less. They are cutting somewhere in your material costs. They're cutting somewhere in your labor costs. Or they're just telling you that to get you to sign that insurance policy over to them. And then they take all the insurance money and they never do any of it. Um, so like I said, the fraud goes up in, the, in, in times of storms and catastrophes. With that being said, earlier you talked about making sure you have your, uh, your insurance company, your agent, and all that pre-programmed in your phone. So you'll have those numbers so you can call right away. Here you talked about interviewing your contractor. Would you recommend while we have blue skies and not gray skies that everyone should take the time and research contractors right now and have that contractor on speed dial? Oh, that would be excellent. I mean, that's that's an important thing. If you can, if you have the time. Certainly. Um, you know, reviews are great. You know, look at people's reviews because the, the one thing I think we talked about this in, my, in the last show is that you, you do a good job. They might tell one or two, you know, but you do a bad job. They're going to tell everybody they can tell. And, <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. You know, if you see a contractor that's got a, quite a few reviews and, and they're all in good standing, you have to think about how many, how much you got these people, you did such a good job that you got these people to take the time to stop what they were doing out of their busy schedules and actually write a, write a review and, and detail their experience. And, uh, and so that contractors are like, you know, they're, they're like tigers. They ain't going to change the stripe. So if you see one that's got all this stuff where they've done all these things wrong, they had, they're not, they didn't wake up the next morning and said, you know what, I've got 70 bad reviews today. I'm I'm going to start being a good contract, you know, and the guy that's got 70 good reviews, he ain't going to wake up the next morning and say, you know what? I've got this great reputation. Now today I'm going to start just screwing people over. And it's just, it don't work like that. So the reputation is important and, you know, the reviews are, are, are a, uh, a pretty good guide on, on how well a contractor does. Well, I'm letting everybody know and putting everybody on notice that Travis is my expert when it comes to roofing and contracting. And so I'm sold on him. He did a great job for me. Um, and, you know, I have him on on the show as an expert when it comes to speaking to experts. But Travis, I want them to hear from you. Why should they hire you as their contractor? Well, 
I would say my my solution is I, I'm a licensed roofing contractor, but I'm also a licensed general contractor. In the event that you have a storm or a damages to your home, we give you that avenue of being able to have the all-in-one stop shop right here. You know, if there's a structural damage to your home, we can fix it. If it's just roofing, we can fix it. We have great employees that do an excellent job. We have very low turnover, so we keep the same guys around. Uh, our company is a drug-free company, which helps with, with the turnover aspect, not having the high turnover. Um, we do criminal background checks on our employees, um, so we make sure we're getting the best people to your house um, when we do a job for you. The uh, We carry our insurance. Is a, it's on the higher ends of the liability and on the higher ends of the workers' comp so that we make sure you're protected. So we're always looking out for our customer. Um, from that aspect, we want to make sure we have a good job when we're finished. And then I go back to the reviews. If You know, if you research us, take the time to research us, you'll see that uh, I think pretty much every one of my reviews are five-star reviews. And we're, at, we're in the 70 to 80 category of five-star Google reviews. Um, so it tells you that our, our goal is to make sure that we provide you a quality job. You're satisfied when you leave, when we leave your house and, and, and we stand behind our work. If you, you'll see on my proposals that it says a limited lifetime workmanship where that means as long as I'm breathing, I'm standing behind that work. You call me, there's a problem, you know, it may be a warranty issue. And if it is, we fix it and it's no cost to you, but we may get there and we say, Hey, did you know you got this limb sticking out the top of your roof? And that's why it's leaking. You know, and they'll be like, no, we didn't know. We never heard it. So, um, but we give them a price to get it fixed or help them with the insurance and, and move forward from that point. Wow. And I will attest to that fact that he does stand behind his work. You know, I got up on my, my brand new roof after he had, had completed it and I was up there and I looked at something and I thought it was out of, out of line, but you know, I'm not a roofer. So it looked out of line to me. I called him. He came right out went up there, explained what was going on and what was happening. And he said, it'll be fine. And guess what? I'm a year and a half later. My roof is fine and I love it. And it looks good. It matches everything. I, I'm just so proud. So I, I talk about him all the time. Travis, I want to thank you so very much for coming back um, on this segment and talking about what to do after the storm, being our expert, letting us know that we need to know our insurance agent, know about our policy and have those numbers on speed dial. Uh, talked about that tree. It's mine if it falls on my property. And also just letting us know that the claim adjuster is out there to do their job. And most of all, you need to know your contractor, interview them, and it makes good sense to do it now. And I highly recommend Travis from T Sparks. Any last words today, Travis? No, I appreciate you having me on, Vincent. I always enjoy speaking with you. Likewise. And I look forward to our next segment on speaking with the expert. We're going to talk about some other things that you can do with your home. Everyone, just getting ready to sign off. You've been listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, and today was speaking with the expert, Travis Sparkman of T-Spark Enterprise. Remember, in all that you do, be magnificent. And until next time, be good, be blessed, but most of all, be a blessing to someone.